You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. Journeying Within is a powerful way to begin or continue to heal and grow. To learn more about working with me to do this using hypnosis in an empowering way, please email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com to set up a free discovery call. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today I have Emelina Pedigo with me, and Emelina founded The Show Goes On Productions. She's worked with artists in New York City for almost 20 years now, and she empowers artists to achieve autonomy in their careers. She's writing a book called Another Way, The Tao of Artist Development. Welcome, Emelina. Oh, thank you so much, Rebecca. I'm really excited to chat with you because your podcast was one of the first ones that I discovered when I was kind of looking to, you know, learn more about the community of ayahuasca or plant medicine people. Wonderful. Yeah. That's so great to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really enjoyed our discussion when we first connected about creativity because I feel it's so very important. Um, I can't tell you how many people that I've worked with who are going through the uh, integration process where creativity came up strongly for them. So Mm. I just wanted to introduce the subject of creativity and imagination and um, point out that we draw from our imagination to create. And when you look around and consider what is originally a result of creation, you begin to recognize the importance of it. Um, creativity is an expression of our uniqueness and originality, and um, that's really important. We learn this through medicines, how, how important it is, how unique we are, and, um, and individuality is really important, even though we're also, you know, part of a whole. And even those who don't consider themselves to be creative have this ability in one capacity or another, even though they may not be aware of it. And they may feel less motivated to tap into it because of how it is uh, regarded in society. I, I feel that creativity in general in society is, is undervalued. It's often relegated to a child's pastime or an exclusive talent that only a select few are celebrated for. And we usually become aware of our creative abilities when, or our feel free to explore them anyway, when we're children. And then as we grow into adulthood, we sense this view of society and how creativity is regarded. And I think it works against us. And, and sometimes, you know, individuals within their families or, or, you know, communities are actively encouraged from pursuing, you know, creative, their creative abilities in favor of, uh, what's considered to be either more practical or logical pursuits. Um, and I, I mean, this may play a big role in what you see happening in artist community and, and how it affects all of us. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, there's so much you touched on there, but I'll just start with like the practical, logical side. I mean, you know, when I was um, going to, when I was graduating high school, it was really discouraged uh, for me to pursue to pursue arts, you know, and, or it was like, well, then you better marry a doctor, you know, and it's interesting how unconscious so many of those things become, you know, and how they really integrate into our lives. And that's what I loved about ayahuasca was for the first time, it was kind of, um, it, for me, when I did it, it was like the first time I was able to see that, oh, first of all, trace it to where some of these ideas started and then also see it as part of a story. Yeah, because I mean, we're all living stories that we create. So this leads into also how we create our reality. And I mean, yeah. that breaks most people's brains, you know, it's like, okay, let me try to wrap my head around it. And you know, I think that there have been many studies done about, you know, psychedelics now and, and medicines, and we start to see that our, our, our thinking and our brains become far more flexible and more open. And this is good because this is going to lend itself to agility in our lives. You know, creativity helps us solve so many problems, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially when you see it as like, 
um, co-creating, you know, with the universe, if you will. And I really love that idea too, of like letting go of the individual, like recognizing and celebrating the individual, but also understanding it's part of a whole. I think you mentioned that, you know, mm-hmm. um, individual, but recognizing it's part of a whole. So then you kind of realize that it's a co-creation. And then also for artists, I think that allows them to kind of open up a channel so that they, so, so like creativity can really flow through you, you know, in, in everything you do again. Um, but especially for like artists who are creating a career around that, I think part of the magic of creativity happens when we can, um, open up to that channel. Yeah. And, and value it, you know, um, it, it really struck me that that was something that came through in our discussion, because in people's everyday lives, it's so this is like so many other issues that we learn through medicines and through integration is that we, we really compartmentalize our lives. And, you know, creativity seems to be relegated to to this particularly very limited idea and it is, we are using our creativity a lot of the time, unless we have one of those lives that's very boxed up and, um, you know, very routine and all of those things. And I think that we've, I think it's generally understood that once we, you know, start to open up to, you know, living in ways that are more flexible and more varied, that it's healthier for us. And I think creativity uh, is, is, somehow um, part of that, it's opening us up to new ways and different ways of being and of living and of thinking about things. The medicines are are beautiful at doing this. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I doubt there's anybody who doesn't walk away from opening up in this way and starting to, you know, embrace a different idea of, of life. Mm, yes, absolutely. Well, and they know that, you know, when you are experiencing like ayahuasca, your brain is more activated, you know, than, than in the, the resting state, I guess, if you will. And then also there's um, David Eagleman has studied, he's a neuroscientist who has studied creativity in the brain and how the brain reacts. And it's, it's similar in some ways in that your brain comes more alive. Like you use more of it kind of when you're being creative, creative and, mm-hmm. Um, and then also I th- I, what I find really interesting too, is that when you can kind of break up a routine or just something out of the ordinary, then there's these, you know, these, um, neurons will fire in your brain and that's kind of engaging what David, David Eagleman labels that as creativity, you know? And so I think again, it's, and it's in, interesting that it's kind of parallel in some ways, I'm sure there's a neuroscientist will tell you there's a lot of differences, but in with the ayahuasca journey in that our brains are just more activated in general. Yeah. And this, and this look at the benefits. I mean, it's unmistakable. So there is a, a distinct relationship between that expression of creativity in our minds and then changing our lives for the better. And I've seen this time and time again, of course, especially because first of all, the journey itself, like the ceremony. And when we go into these, uh, you know, what's considered an altered state, um, just like, you know, dream states and meditative and hypnotic Mm -hmm. states, suddenly things happen that are beyond the norm. And these things you know, we see over time help us become more healthy, um, more uh, emotional, emotionally well. And, you know, they allow us to break out of, of uh, they help us to break out of these unhealthy routines and, and consider what might be outside of that, that would be better, that better serves us. But the process is very interesting because I mean, how many people go into these ceremonies where they're not necessarily as open-minded, but driven by some need? We all are often, you know, well, most of us that go and do these medicines, we're driven by some deep need to change, you know, and then we're introduced to all this colorful, creative, very, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hard to conceive, hard to explain, uh, wonderful, wondrous experiences and then we come back into this world that you know seems that we've created in a way that is is not as open and not all of those things and we're left with trying to grapple with okay so how do we proceed you know and most of us don't want to go back into those very uh, those 
boxed up lives, you know, and creativity can be very helpful in us navigating that, you know, and continuing to tap into that inner world that is very creative. Oh, totally. And, you know, it's interesting because you could kind of, since it is difficult to explain in words, you know, your ayahuasca journey, because so much of it is symbols and colors and, and sensations, you know, more than words, it is artistic, like you're saying, I did want to circle around to um, self-love because I know you've written a lot about that. And I would, I would have gotten there, but um, I know that that's a huge part of it because I feel like when you make that new memory, um, the reason why it stays with you so much and it's so vivid is because there is a, like a love and appreciation for accepting it that we don't have when it's not artistic. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that, that, that kind of underlines, um, what I mentioned initially in that when we're kids, you know, we are full of this healthy, wonderful nature. We naturally creative, naturally accepting of others, naturally loving and and self-loving, you know, and that's when we discover all our creativity and express it and and want to express. It's very natural, you know, all all kids, (laughs) I've witnessed this. They all instinctively know how to dance. They instinctively are creative in many ways. And I'm not saying it's everybody's, you know, uh, pure, thing you know it's not always going to be the the central focus some are are builders and all the rest of it it's just that even that is a creative endeavor and it comes out so naturally it's when we start to grow up and learn what what the prevailing opinions about these things are that we change and this compromises our self-love because self-love and self-expression they're very much you know interrelated right and yeah so this is this is an issue because all of the things that we've benefited from most in this world come from that creativity. And if only a select few are doing that or being recognized for it or um, being encouraged to do it and celebrated, this is going to be to the detriment of all of us, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting how... Um, much, I think this lack of self-love plays into the obstacles that specifically artists face in pursuing their career. Um, you know, we, we kind of mentioned on this in our conversations before about how, you know, if we can really, in some ways it starts with self-love. If we love everything we're doing and our expression of it, then it's, it's easier to pave a career in it, you know, but without that, it really starts to hurt. And I think artists really suffer from this, um, you know, doubting it, it, Well, and it's, I mean, everybody doubts, but there's, it's so personal that your artistic expression is so personal. So then when you make that into something that you're putting out there for everybody to see and everybody attack, it really makes you vulnerable. If you don't have that really foundation of strong self-love. And that's the beauty in it, really, um, is that when we embrace that vulnerability and self-expression, this it can't help but, you know, benefit all of us because we do learn of the value of these things, you know, mm-hmm. in these medicine journeys and afterwards in our lives. It's like, I think everybody's getting that, you know, if we put these shields up and we, we don't. Uh, embrace or reveal our vulnerability, we're not going to make the kind of progress that we need to make in order to do those deep changes. So, uh, you know, all of this is related. And another thing is, uh, I can't remember who was giving this talk recently that I watched, you know, we often watch these TED Talks um, on YouTube. Um, But, and, and this crosses, I mean, every subject matter, this, this creative, uh, the benefit of not putting things in boxes and starting to see the relationships between all of these things. Um, He was talking about black holes, actually, interestingly enough. But what he uh, touched on was that in in formal education situations, everything is separated. You know, you study this thing separate, Mm -hmm. science separate from, you know, all of these other things. And what he was communicating was that when he started to open up to how the relationship between things, that's when he really started to make progress and discover all of these fascinating things that, you know, are now talked about worldwide. And I think that 
this is definitely um, related to creativity in that, you know, once we start to see that in our lives and start to see the connections between things, you know, and look at things more creatively and watch how we create things in our lives, you know, this is very powerful stuff. Creativity is, is the essence of our existence. And if we ignore it, this is not a healthy thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a, once you can kind of, for me, it started with self-love, but once you can lean into everything you're explaining, then I think it kind of happened. It's a relatively easy jump to being able to recognize the beauty in your everyday life, like creating your reality, if you will, Um, because it really starts with just recognizing the patterns and the, like you're saying, you know, and then it, it can build from there. I think what makes it more challenging is kind of having to undo in some ways, everything that came before, um, you know, but it's all about staying present. And I think that's also something that ayahuasca just, um, for me really enforced on you. Cause when you're in such a foreign <laughs> territory, right. And you're seeing things that you can't process into words, it's like, you can't help, but be present. And it's such a radical for like, for somebody like me who was running nonstop in New York city, do, doing the hustle and flow thing for so long, the act of just you know, really stopping and grounding in felt so amazing. And it opened the door for then me to start building a new way of viewing reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yes. Um, and I, I just feel that once we start to embrace flexible, creative, innate abilities within us. This is part of who we are. And so this is how it ties into self-love. It also ties into our well-being, because if we deny this essential aspect of us, we are not loving ourselves and we are not well. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying every single person is going to go out there and be an artist. What I am saying is that this is an aspect of our reality and what we're creating. And if we pretend we're not creating, then we can't take responsibility for those things that we do need to change. And we will not give ourselves permission to create the life we do actually want. If we don't admit we're creating one, we don't. <laughs> you know? Yes, no, absolutely. And something we had talked about in our conversation before too, was like, people don't realize how creative they are just naturally, yes. like getting up in the, in the morning and deciding what to wear that day is a creative choice. You know, even if you, if somebody doesn't put a lot of thought into it, it's still like the way I define art in my book, but also creativity, I use creativity and art kind of interchangeably, is that Mm -hmm. it is just an expression of the self in relation to one's environment. So, I mean, we do that in the the choices we make every day, like what we decide to wear, where we decide to go, the people we choose to hang out with, the jobs we accept. You know, I think for a lot of people, they don't realize that that's a creative choice because I don't know. I guess there's like a fear to it, but it's just blown my mind how many people um, don't want to are hesitant to call themselves an artist because they feel like like in my mind, it's like they they don't they're not embracing their creative choices. Have you seen that? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it particularly in relation to um, people's you know natural abilities that. Um, again, like so many were discouraged from pursuing in terms of, you know, those who have artistic abilities of any kind, you mm-hmm. know, with myself, it's, it was singing and all of these things, uh, even though they may be, you know, valued in certain ways, they are relegated to those risky careers. So therefore, you know, the, the more um, standard type career is encouraged and, you know, because you're more likely to get, you know, a well-paid job as a lawyer or an accountant yeah. than you are as a singer or an artist. And yet, you know, what do lawyers and accountants and all of us do when, you know, outside of those work hours, you know, we enjoy art, we enjoy music, we, these, this is the stuff of life, you know, and our, our lives are going to be enriched by it. So that's where it all falls apart. So why don't we value it? You know, what's going on there? Um, But there's, there's a more fundamental aspect of our discomfort with 
creativity and the imagination is is this it, it is this uh, denial we're in about how much it is really a part of our lives and when we journey like you know for me and many others like the that journeying thing it doesn't stop people experience it through meditation um but what i do is i do hypnotic journeys so i continue and it really helps to cultivate well, a greater comfort level with the imagination interacting with that and and creativity also the medicines themselves really seem to be good at pointing out how we create things, even in our reactions within those experiences. So, um, <laughs> you know, people talk about, you know, these dark trips or whatever. I've had experiences where my own reactions to whatever is happening changes everything and it creates opportunities or scenarios that go on. And throughout the journeys, I'm made aware of, you know, the veil is dropped and I can see how my reactions and how I'm participating in that experience is changing it. Mm -hmm. and, this, and this is no different than life. We just see it so much more clearly when, you know, our defenses are down and we're in these, these altered states. I mean, that's a, a crucial aspect of it, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and some, a question I've kind of been really pondering lately is this idea of, of playing with the idea of which came first. Cause like you're saying you, what you realize is your reaction to what's happening then influence creates, then creates is what you said, I think. And so, um, I I've been playing with this idea. Well, is it the event that's happening that I'm reacting to, or did did I create that event? You know what I mean? And then being able to, and then I feel like it's Alice through the looking glass. <laughs> but, um, but in some ways, I think that's, it's fun to play with that and to see where then, like for me, it's opened up this freedom of my life of like where I might sit, where I, in the past, I felt like, oh, maybe I'm trapped in New York city, or maybe I'm trapped under the inside this box, right. That mm -hmm. we've talked about. Well, what happens if I start to um, play with how I feel around that? And sometimes that can evolve into a new opportunity, you know, just by the exploration of it, um, mm -hmm. that can lead to creating something new. So I think there's a really interesting interplay between the two that if, if we don't take so seriously, cause I think then people, you know, like the secret has come out and people are like, well, why can't I manifest money by next week? You know, why am I still poor? And it's like, well, there's, the, I think it's not as rigid as that. That's just another box. Mm -hmm. Well, potentially. I mean, it opens the door, though. And I think that's an important door to open and different people will open it in different ways because we're all unique. Mm -hmm. And um, and and I think any door that opens like that is a good one. Um, and I think that what we're invited to start to be curious about in, in terms of how our life uh, becomes the way it has and what our part in that is and how we create those things and what we were capable of creating is is brilliant this is what we what we get from the medicines and what we're encouraged to continue to explore afterwards this is the most important part is after the medicine yes then we go back and this is why we go to the medicines because you know we want our lives to change and so when we go back all that great feeling is all wonderful it's what we do with that that matters and it can be challenging but you know creativity can really help and uh, exploring how that is you know how that's active in our lives i mean we all, I think, can see how we uh, use creativity in, in some ways that are not always so great, like <laughs> becoming creative in avoiding answering a question that's uncomfortable, becoming creative in a manipulative way when we want a situation to go a certain way. We use creativity all the time. It's not always in a good way. <laughs> But right. let's not pretend it's not happening. Sure it is. You know? Oh, totally. And that's part of the awakening process, I think, is becoming conscious of of what is happening and what and what your involvement in it, you know, your role yeah. in what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then we realize, ah, yes, this is a skill I have because I can admit now and see how I'm using it. Now, how can I wield that in a really good and powerful way that's positive for everybody, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I like to use the hashtag one artist at a time. That's where also the self-love comes in. Because if we each embrace the our own creativity and, you know, our own creative choices, it's contagious, you know? And so everyone sure. around, and then collectively we can build new systems, new anything, you know, it's just, it takes one person at a time. And I think that's also what's really hard for a lot of people is like, I know in my experience, when I came back to New York city, there were not a lot of people around me who I could even have these conversations with, you know, who understood. And honestly, I didn't really understand it. That was part of my integration process after coming back from ayahuasca. And so I think it can feel really lonely. So the idea of, of, um, one person at a time can, can feel, I mean, I certainly for me felt lost for a while, like a lost hope, but you know, it's, that's why the self, it starts with your work first. That's where the self-love comes in. Yeah. And, you know, I I think it's natural that when things, when we start to see uh, how much has to change and how different things can be, and we're not always surrounded by people who've opened up to that just yet, it absolutely can be. It's really important to have support, to have prep if yeah. possible, and to seek that out, to seek that support out so that we don't just end up in that painful bubble. Uh, and we start to unpack it all and feel safe in doing that. And then we feel more free to use all the great things that came out of it and to explore things that were uncomfortable that came up, you know, integration is is really important but I wanted to get back to uh, the creative part and the artist part and the role that they play in society and in our wellness in general I think that art speaks to the soul Mm -hmm. it speaks so directly to that part of us that does not have to quantify everything to value the experience of it And I think that this is an important part of our existence. And we've been very materialist focused and art can be a very good way of moving out of that and reaching that part of ourselves that, that is very deep and important and, and experiencing all of this and not being able to play the bigger role that it can. Yes, no, absolutely. I heard somebody say recently, and I can't remember who it was, because I think it was just in a conversation, but something about how like creativity is the spirit world or the higher power or the, you know, that beyond is 100% creativity, because I've always kind of seen creativity in this channel, like I mentioned earlier. So I think humans are the vehicle for that channel. And so we can, that's where the creativity comes in, I guess, you know, like our own individual creativity, but it's still part of the whole. And I, and that's why I see it really as this like co-creation. I think that's really important because if you, if you lose um, being open to the channel, which is really just like, you know, grounding and being in touch with, I mean, for me, it's definitely nature, right? Mother Gaia, Pachamama, they go hand in hand. And it's the way to keep your own personal creativity um, a finely tuned tool, if you will, if, you're, if you are co-creating with that um, larger kind of force. Yeah, and I think that it's also, there's so you mentioned, you know, Mother Earth and all, all of these ideas. And I think that we... We know that creativity is considered to be a more feminine attribute. And, you know, there's the the logical side that, and we've experienced this imbalance in our existence for far too long. And I'm not talking about men and women. I'm talking about the feminine and masculine within Mm -hmm. all of us, both men and women, because of the way that we start to sense that, that society regards these pursuits have suppressed uh, a lot of that femininity that that part of us that really is needed now to start to move into a more healthy way of being and so this is this is how important this really is that creative aspect of us in all of us that we can use to balance everything out and to start to solve very serious problems in our world yeah absolutely i mean i agree that it feels like we've been out of balance. We as a human species has been out mm-hmm. of balance for a really long time now. And I feel that this is part of um, 
what's changing right now, even coming out of the pandemic. I think that's part of all of that and how so much is changing right now because we're experiencing maybe a rebalance, hopefully. I mean, everyone has a different interpretation, but, um, you know, I, I am also really drawn to the number three and the concept of the three, which goes, you know, in sacred geometry, there's threes everywhere. There's threes in art and music, comedy comes in threes, you know, and, um, and also the like the Holy Trinity in religion and in and the Trimurti. And the thing about the three is that it's in my mind, my interpretation of the three is that it's masculine, feminine. And then in the middle is the vehicle again, like the human, I think the human that is channeling the creativity, but it cannot happen without this balance of masculine and feminine. Now, that's obviously on a huge kind of spiritual level, but I think that funnels down into everything. And that's part of the reason why three is such an interesting number. I think that a lot of people come up with or are presented with interesting concepts, even, you know, in the journey or things that strike them afterwards. Um, when you were speaking about that, I was remembering a peyote ceremony where I drew that triangular with mm. the three points, that triangular shape. And there was a significance to that that I think just had to continue to unfold. Like we don't always understand it all at the beginning and what that significance is in our own lives or in the world or both. And there's always a reflective aspect of that in our lives, in the world, right? And we're oh, yeah. seeing it, changing it, looking <laughs> to see what comes out of that. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, all these things. So what also I thought of when you started to talk about numbers is that I've never really had a great relationship with numbers, with math. You know, my son does and a lot of people do and it's very celebrated, but I've started to see numbers differently because of being introduced to all these different ways of looking at it. And I think that that's part of being more open, creative, flexible, seeing that creation also is there's a communication in a way through numbers. My son and I were watching this, <laughs> this whole presentation on how numbers show up in our world and uh, all these measurements and they keep showing up in the same way. It almost feels wow. like there's this secret code being presented to us and it's, it's there for us to unravel. And I mean, let's face it, there's part of us all that, that loves a mystery and loves, you know, uncovering these things, opening that present, not knowing what's inside, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is deliberate, I think. This is presented oh. to us as a gift to unravel all this stuff and unfold and see how we can do things differently, find the, the solution to this, you know, dilemma or what have you, right? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely how I see it. And, and I would even say that our interpretation of what's happening or even what these these mysteries mean our interpretation of that is an artistic expression of ourselves mm -hmm. you know sure. so that's oh, what's yeah. exciting about and that's why again i think it's a gift because it's a gift for us to have the freedom to kind of make an interpretation of it yeah earlier you mentioned uh when we create things that we don't like and 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 how to change that and all of that you know creativity got us into it creativity can get us out of it yeah, exactly <laughs> i think that uh there's part of me that's always really sort of celebrated the logical i mean i've always been drawn to philosophy but the logic i leaned into heavily because of how it was uh regarded and because of that leaning into the masculine qualities, because they were recognized as strong, all of these things, right? Mm, yes. And then, oh. and this whole, um, even the feminist movement was all about that women can be this too. And it's like, so women can be masculine as well. What about actually celebrating those natural feminine qualities in both men and women? You know, then there's not this conflict, right? But anyway, I, I brought that up because uh, through this whole experience, I started to open up to creativity, the imagination, particularly. And so before that would have been seen even by me, and I'm sure many others as being like not logical and all that, just completely the opposite to, to what I was, you know, leaning into. And it, it's been so pronounced in my life. I mean, now it's, it's vital and especially this ongoing, you know, spiritual presence and how it presents itself to me. And there are times when I have 
participated in something in my life or created it for some reason. And uh, I'm not liking how I'm feeling about it. And I remember getting this image. I've mentioned this before, but it's important to reinforce this because we all face this in our lives and especially in our integration journey when it's very pronounced when we go in directions that are not good. We can feel it more deeply, right? Yeah. And I'm starting to go into that whole spiral of, oh my God, and then this is going to happen, then that happens. And I was just interrupted with this, this thought, this um, image that was presented in my mind. And it was like, you know, it was kind of breaking me out of that spiral and presenting me with something different, saying, everything can change on a dime. This was the message I got. And then suddenly I saw all these dimes start to spin and my mind started to go in a completely different direction. And every time I find myself in those situations now, I see the dimes in my mind and I think I present it to myself even as, um, as a means of getting out of that and preventing myself from going down into a negative spiral about it and moving on, you know. Mm. And there's a great example of how creativity, you know, of the yes. mind. We're, We've got all kinds of thoughts in our mind, right? Yeah. This is happening all day long. And, you know, what I've been taught and what I teach others and what um, these journeys, whether they're ayahuasca and, and plant medicines or psychedelics or hypnotic journeys, they teach us to value that creation and start to recognize what we're creating in our mind and how that impacts us and and use creativity to to heal and to change those patterns and to confront certain things that have been kind of in our mind and bothering us or, or harming us and, you know, confronting it and changing it very creatively. It's, it's beautiful, the creativity that comes through and how powerful that is. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it is interesting, you know, there are all these different pathways, like you're saying, some people might be lean, leaning, lean more towards, um, like math, for instance, but, I, but mm -hmm. also I love uh, quantum physics. Now that quantum physics has come out, you know, and, and it, it, whether you lean that side or you lean more towards the arts side, traditional arts, right? I think they all kind of lead to the same thing. That's what's so exciting about, again, quantum physics, you know, is that when you really yeah. boil these things down, they're at, they actually have the same messages, you know, in terms sure. of like sacred geometry, you know, and, and these kinds of things, there is a connection, a correlation at the end. And in some ways, I mean, I think of it, I'm not that math oriented, but I think of like in high school when we had to do ge geographic proofs, you know, we started with, with, we knew where we started from and we knew where we were ending and we had to figure out how to get there. And I think that's kind of what um, we're doing in our lives and the way we choose to get there, whichever way we go is our create is our creativity, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I agree with you that like the, the plant, medicine for me certainly just awoken me like made me conscious of that and made me see it and even like like I love your story about the dimes because it's also beyond words right and so it's more powerful because like for you it's just this image of a dime and it immediately takes you back there and I think mm -hmm. that's um like I'm so grateful for the plant medicine because they rushed that process. And, you know, and I, and I tell people like my sister, who's always very insistent that you don't have to do ayahuasca. I'm like, no, of course not. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, however you choose to get there. But like my journey was to kind of get there through um, with the help of plant medicine, because it really does just, it's so vivid. Like mm -hmm. you're saying. And it is not for everybody. And I, I never say everybody go do it. It's, um, it, it presents incredible possibilities for many of us, but there are many other medicines and vehicles and ways, and we're all very unique. Respecting that above all, I believe, is, is the way. Once we do that, of course, we'll respect others because it's mm -hmm. one and the same, you know, and this is what we mean when we talk about, yes, we're all unique, but we're part of the whole. Once we have that self-respect and self-love, we know how to do that for others. And we realize that it, it is one in the same and the same. So then we use that approach to everything and a one size fits all is not appropriate given how unique we all are and how different we all and how we respond differently to all kinds of things. And uh, these medicines, they're a big leap there. You know, I think that they are teaching us to, to not approach things in those same ways. These are relationships we develop. They, that's very real that we develop with 
whatever word you feel comfortable with in terms of what is behind these plants and these experiences, yeah. whether spirit, higher consciousness, what have you. Uh, this is a very serious thing. And to just like recommend it to a neighbor and say, oh, go do this. This can change your life utterly and completely forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is a very big step. And I think even listening to the stories of people coming out of it and what they've learned, this has benefited so many people and inspired them to go in their own direction, whatever that may be, you know? Yeah. There, like what ayahuasca did for me was it was just, it just kind of pointed me in the right direction. That is the medicine, right? It kind of pointed me in the right direction. So it's not like it's the end all, you know, it, because it, it just kind of points you in the right direction. So there is a lot that goes into what happens after that's why the integration is so important, you know, and mm-hmm. I, and you also mentioned the prep and the integration, I think is what makes the journey also is what really helps solidify the journey. And, and that's something I've also learned from my sister who's, who's chosen another path, but it's, well, a, it's interesting watching her kind of get to the same place, but B also it's really made me look at what it was that ayahuasca did for me and is me and has put it in context and I'd actually, I'd be curious to hear if you've seen this, but I, I mean, I've never thought of ayahuasca being like my savior, if you will, but I just really see it just as a tool. I don't know if I've met anyone who like worships ayahuasca, but I feel like that's kind of an impression from the people that have not done it. <laughs> have you ever seen that? Yeah. I mean, both people who haven't and who have, there's a reverence for the experience, for the figure they think of as ayahuasca. And, and you know, it's different for everybody, but I, I hear what you're saying. When we are really, you know, applying ourselves and doing the work and when we're listening, um, we realize that it's really about us. It's not about them. Yeah. This is where I believe a lot of religions kind of took a wrong turn in, in some ways in focusing so completely on the these figures and instead of helping us look at ourselves because that's what we really need to do Mm -hmm. no absolutely it's kind of um distracting in some ways (laughs) and so again it's about like coming back into presence for me you know to and, and undoing some of those distractions that for me were unconscious for so long yeah it's also placing all of those possibilities and power and responsibility in the hands of these figures um, rather than uh, taking them into ourselves and realizing that it is in our hands. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what leads to all the anger and frustration and illness and madness is, is that that's another tremendous imbalance. Such a powerful thing that is continuing to unfold with me is the constant messages about the power that we do have and that we don't recognize or not willing to admit to or explore or embrace. This is really essential for us to, to move on for humanity itself to move on is to do that and to take that responsibility. Um, Cause otherwise we, we continue with the model that we have, that's not working out very well. It's all that guy's fault. And I can't do a thing about it because they aren't. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, and and it goes back to self-love too. You know, I think like Mm -hmm. one artist at a time or just one person at a time, if we can start to love ourselves, then we, it naturally, I think kind of breaks down the unconscious following of our worship, if you will, of like religions or or leaders or or people, because it's not, it's just not conscious. And so when you're self, when you feel self-love and you, for me, it was definitely the self-love that I was able to start to see that through Mm -hmm. there. There's also a really interesting book that I'm reading um, by Vanessa Machado de Oliveira called Hospicing Modernity. And she talks about how these systems like religion and, and in kind of the, the, the male systems are, like we're hospicing them right now. And so that we can create something new. And I love the concept of hospicing because it's like, (laughs) we're, we're caring for it as we transition. Yeah. Um, Because there were reasons for us to um, create these institutions and these, this way of life. And um, there are appealing aspects of it. I think that we have to see that there's, 
a timeline and a progression of our existence. And there have been twists and turns along the way, and there will continue to be. And we have an opportunity to learn from the past as we always do uh, from our own and from our collective past, and even open up to see <laughs> that it might be a little different than we imagine. But um, to also, you know, appreciate the positive things that have come out of that and and to let go of, of those things that don't serve us. I mean, this is a constant theme in shamanism and, and in our journeys with ayahuasca. And that's a process in and of itself. And it can be painful. And we can be attached to those things that we know are not helping us. And it may take a while to even see that. And that's fine. You know, we have to have patience and love and compassion in all of these things. Yes. Well put. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this applies to us too. And oh, yeah. if, we, if we also embrace, you know, creativity and respect for those who are willing to take that brave step out yeah. <laughs> and really be so self-expressive, it can only inspire us, you know? Mm. Oh, absolutely. That's why I like working with, um, like indie, what's called like indie talent or raw talent and kind of people who are really just exploring that because it's so raw, actually, you know, it's so powerful. And I think there's, and ultimately, you know, I talk a lot of my work too about sustainable creativity as a way to sustain it, which is partly, you know, having that co-creation with the channel, but it's also, I think being able to retain this kind of almost childlike appreciation for the process, you know, and that's hard to do, especially like if you've been living in New York city for a long time, you know, or if you've been around it for a long time, it's hard to maintain this kind of fresh perspective. But I think that the creativity is there regardless. It's just how, what you do with it, you know? So it's like you people, I think people don't realize that it's actually kind of a choice when they, and certainly I didn't, and I'm still, I, you know, I still find myself falling back into a jaded perspective because I'm still in New York City, believe it or not, you know, and so I'm around it all the time. And it's very easy for me to slip into that. Um, but I've learned so many tools now that now when I thanks in large part to my ayahuasca journey, that when I start to go there, I can call upon these tools and also community being one of those tools, by the way, you know, so that mm. it's easier to really, um, to own your, I call it owning your creativity or just yeah. be conscious of your creativity, really. Yeah. And open up to what it can do for yeah. you in your life. And I think that it's important to honor all those brave folks who've come forward and expressed themselves in those ways. And in, in, in so doing invited us to do the same. Um, I think that that needs to be recognized. And I know uh, I've worked with some people who are still finding their way with their own creativity. And uh, yeah, I encourage it all the way. And it, it helps us to do the same in our own lives, in our own way. It doesn't come out necessarily in art. As we've discussed, it comes out in so many ways and we need it now more than ever. Yes, absolutely. And I think more and more people are starting to awaken to that. I mean, more than ever, we see part of the great resignation, I think, was people kind of taking their careers, if you will, or their time really into their own hands and taking it into a different direction. And I mm -hmm. think part of that was just becoming conscious of what it is that feels right for us. And I think if that trend continues, that is a trend of allowing our creativity to be more a part of our lives because so many jobs have are really, it's like, you know, especially for like career artists, it's like you have a nine to five and then you get to be your artistic self, which just creates this division of who you are. You know, that was part for me. That's, but anyways, you know, I think that that divide is very hurtful um, instead of finding, just being able to pivot with your creativity in different environments, you know? And I think mm -hmm. once you start to cultivate the appreciation of it and to become conscious of it. And again, you know, one day you might say, okay, well, the only thing creative thing I did today was decide what I wore you know, but, but like embrace that and, and like have gratitude for that. And then it grows. And then all of a sudden, I think, you know, certainly for me, I start to see it in everything, you know, and it may start. So, like I said, it may start small, but it can evolve if we just cultivate this um, gratitude for our own creativity and the creative process too, which is also 
I think underappreciated in, in our current environment, which is like, let's get to the bottom line fast and efficient. And, and sometimes that means quality gets compromised. And for mm-hmm. an artist, it's all about that process. You know, that's where so much of the creativity and art comes from is during that process. So, I mean, it's not just capitalism, but it's partly capitalism, but I think we have to work against that um, push to rush things forward and start to maybe embrace a little bit that process if we can, you know? Well, when we use words like capitalism, if we were to have a discussion about that, that would be a whole different podcast. Yeah, there's a whole other <laughs> because, podcast, right? And it's important to, to note because when we use those words, it means different things to different people. And yeah. again, it's not all bad. It's like, okay, yeah. so, you know, and what was the intention behind it? And what are the good things? And how can we do it differently? This is creativity, right? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I, I bring it up because this is something that, you know, is is dear to me too, because we use labels and words and and I think what's behind them and what we really mean is important to explore for yeah. sure because too many things go wrong just because of this misunderstanding. And I'd love to see more open discussion around these things because I think that we can really do some amazing things in this world if we start to open up in that way. Anyway, uh, we're coming to the end of our time and I wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, let people know where they can reach you and what, what work you do with people Sure. So um, on my website, you can see uh, my work and kind of my philosophy. I think my work has evolved from many things, you know, but right now I'm primarily just working as a coach. Uh, But I do have, if you go on my website, showgoesonproductions.com, you can sign up for my mailing list, which is definitely the best way to stay in touch with me. And I do have a Facebook group called Arts plural meets biz arts meets biz so that's my facebook group and um but yeah my website is my blog and and hopefully my book you can sign up for my mailing list to get my book when it comes out i'm i'm in the the process right now it's been really fascinating uh studying this this very topic creativity fabulous thank you so much for joining me today thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure rebecca Thanks for joining us for another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Please visit RebeccaHayden.com for more ayahuasca integration content and for information about working with me and using hypnosis as an empowering integration tool.